0: Hey, you are now listening to the Graceway Podcast. Let's Talk. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Jeff Adams. Welcome to Let's Talk, and I'm here with Pastor Tim Dunn. And we're talking about the first message of 2022, January the (laughs) 2nd, a cold and snowy day in Kansas City. But uh, I I think you kind of got all of our attention this morning, Pastor Tim, when you announced that you were starting a new series that was going to last all year. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about what's the name of the series? What's it about?
1: Yeah, it's uh, The Gospel Story is the name of, of the series, and it is essentially Uh, Attempting uh, to teach through the entire Bible in a year, so it will be. It's really four parts that make up one series. But um, you know, I, I, uh, I am concerned uh, about biblical illiteracy. You know, uh, I I think that COVID damaged that even further. Uh, I'm concerned about who we're hearing from uh, and not hearing from, and uh, I just, I'm trying to. I, you know, we we aligned it with some small group stuff and some resources that we're gonna do and some kind of discipleship stuff that we'll be doing uh, in the next handful of months. But I really feel like the Lord, and I was feeling this way in 2019, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we had some, some plans along these lines in 2019 and just uh, got the ball taken out of our hands, so to speak. And so yeah, just kind of be- believe in hoping in the sovereignty of God that this is the time to do Let it. Let me
0: move the focus out just a little okay. bit because you, you've explained what's on your heart, yeah. which I appreciate. That would that would have been another question. Sure. But my, my question, and I think a lot of readers would be interested, readers, viewers would be interested in this. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> may be reading this podcast too. That's right. that's all right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> how in the world does a pastor like yourself decide on a series? Because this is so totally mm. removed from... What you would normally do. You normally take us through several series a year. Yeah. Now, going through a series in an entire year, that's more my older style, okay? <laughs> yeah. But how does that happen? Do you have a team that works with you? Is this something that God writes in lipstick on your bathroom rear? How, how, how does that happen?
1: Yeah, well, so, you know, we, we do have a teaching team of which you, you are a part, you, Pastor Todd and Pastor Brandon. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we, we will typically sit down and say, you know, where is culture, where is our church, what's God saying in lipstick or otherwise, you know, yep. to, to each of us or to me. And, uh, you know, we've had a couple times where I thought we were going one way and you'd said something or pastor Todd or, or pastor Brandon had said something, but, uh, uh, so it's a kind of a communal thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is definitely a prayerful thing. Um, and it, it's hard to, it's hard to explain, I think how it happens other than, you know, you throw in multiple options against the wall with people that you trust, with people that have done it, especially with people who have done it differently than you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things I love talking about preaching in general with you, um, just because you, you are such a fantastic preacher, but also because your your time and tenure and experience is different than mine. Right. So even though we think about things pretty similarly you, you, Your style of preaching was a little bit different than mine, at least back in the day. And yeah. so I love, I love talking to you in that regard. And, and we started um, just talking about concerns mm-hmm. and where I felt like uh, our church was mm-hmm. and where I hoped to see it be in the next three to five, eight to ten years and just kind of talking through what would have to be true about our church in order for us to get there. And, and really what COVID did in a negative, you can frame it one of two ways. It kind of stripped us down to our studs Mm -hmm. in a negative way, but also in a positive way, because, um, because, you know, I still have the blessing of conversing with you as you went through multiple seasons and times and trials as a senior pastor here and to feel like, okay, our house, as it were, mm-hmm. is is down to its studs in lots of ways. Mm-hmm. Where do we want to start? Yeah. Let's get people into the word. Let's yeah. get people hearing from God. Let's get people strengthened in the word, in community. And so it's a bit of a statement series, right? We're gonna mm-hmm. this is so important, we're gonna do it for a year. And we're trying to create multiple avenues for people to... you
0: said something a moment ago that I I want to kind of drill down a little bit. Um, And it has to do with another question that I thought I was going to ask, but I'm going to ask a little differently. Uh, As as you announced the series this morning, you were talking about the importance of small groups. And you had mentioned a a couple of uh, books that were available to help people. And you made a big deal out of saying, don't go through this with somebody that has the same last name. And and, right. and and in connection with what you said earlier about your teaching team, yeah. that things just happen and it's hard to describe. Yeah, how would you correlate that with your instruction to the church today? Go through this with a group.
1: Yeah, I. It's really.
0: Why is that so important?
1: Yeah, it's 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 almost so important. It's hard for me to say. Um, I I think that. I'm trying to think how to come at this. (laughs) It's all right. It it is. It's hard to describe. That's why I asked the question. Yeah, it's hard to describe. I I just think, uh, again, in the negative, Americans, the Western church has become so tribal and individualistic. uh, Sometimes I don't even know if we know how damaging it is to us. Um, It is so antithetical to how God talks about the church.
0: Everything is my rights, my my everything.
1: my everything. My yeah. everything. Yeah, my everything. And I'm going to find somebody who agrees with me around my everything. And my everything and your everything are the same thing we should do, you know. yeah. Um, and it is so uh, violently destructive to the church. The church at its healthiest is diverse, is open, is transparent, uh, is communal. And that, I think that includes study and reading and, I, I mean, some of the richest times in my life have been across the table from people who I knew <clears throat> loved me, mm-hmm. loved God, and we disagreed profoundly. Mm-hmm. It's actually one of the reasons, one of the first times that we did last talk, it was with Pastor Santis Beatty. And Pastor Santis is a dear friend of mine. Uh, I, I love him. I trust him. I know that he loves me. I know he walks with God. He's black. I'm white. He's Wesleyan. I'm not. He has this and that and those. I'm not. I love talking to him because every time I do, I feel like in God's grace, he, he teaches me something in the disagreement. And I worry about the tribalism theologically in the mm-hmm. church because we're so certain in our tribal individualism about our rightness. And it's a very dangerous thing when we, um, even if you are right, Right, even if I am right, for us to all get together and congratulate ourselves on how right we are, the temperament of that over time is so not I'm right. hearing you say that
0: certainty and sincerity do not necessarily equate with truth
1: they they do not they 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 don't I don't think the Bible teaches that, I don't think history teaches that, and again, I think people will say you don't want us to be certain i there are things I desperately want you to be certain about. Mm-hmm. Uh, your certainty isn't one of them. You know? Yeah, it,
0: it, exactly. And and when we come to chapter 2, you were in chapter 1 of Genesis today. Right, right. But it's in chapter 2 where God makes a statement, it's not good that yeah. a man should be alone, yeah, a not, person. That's right. And uh, that's, that's what I'm hearing with this emphasis on groups yeah. is that in order for us to grow, yeah. in order for us to become better than what we are, we have to be exposed yeah. to perspective that is not the same as ours.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I've said this from the stage, sometimes you need to borrow somebody else's faith, somebody else's hope, somebody else's peace. And especially in this time where it feels like the fabric of so many things is there's tension around it. Uh, It's a really important thing for the church to practice how to be a body. And I can't think of anything holier than let's read God's word together and, uh, and see if God doesn't heal some things, knit some things, grow some things. And, uh, you know, it's really honestly one of my deepest prayers around all of this because it's a pretty simple idea, right? Like I'll teach through the Bible, you read through the Bible with somebody, you know, other yeah. than, you know, it's not like a, a overly grand. Um, but it, it does, it feels radical in our current context to yeah. me, you know, uh, and so I'm praying that, uh, that, that you know, uh, scripture and the church wins, not culture and tribalism wins in this year. Yeah, well, stripping the church down to the
0: studs, as you said a moment ago, yeah. can can be a good thing. Yeah, because we're gonna we're gonna remodel. We're yeah. going to reconstruct right. on top of that. Right. And uh, just thinking about what you said earlier, when I began teaching the Bible over 50 years ago, right. <laughs> it, it was a different world. It's right. not just that I was different. I was, yeah, yeah. but it was a different world. And we were so focused on a micro view of the mm-hmm. Bible rather than a macro view. Yeah. And so our approach, and I, I've talked with you enough, I know you enough that yeah. you, you, are, you are concerned about every word of scripture. I am. That, that's, that's definitely part yeah. of your makeup, your yeah. DNA. Yeah. But yet the way that we approached it 50 years ago, that meant digging down, drilling down yeah. into every word to the point that we lost sight of the mac, the macro view. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, what I'm hearing you say is you want to lead us through the Bible in a year. And I think some people would look at that and say, well, that's got to be really superficial. Sure. How would you respond to that?
1: Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I mean... I <laughs> I honestly, I, uh, it, it, it's very similar to me around the, um, you know, have you ever read through the Bible for yourself? Well, no. Okay. Well, let's just try it. Yeah. Let's try it together. And you know, it is a fair, it is a fair, um, warning, uh, you say we were so micro, we lost the macro, and the opposite can be true. Absolutely. I can be can so be. macro, I can lose the micro. Yes. And I'm obviously running the risk of that and trying to do, run through yeah. the Bible in here. I acknowledge that. Uh, and so, any, trust me, any criticism that you ha- that somebody might have of this, we've already talked about you know? <laughs> yes. It's, yeah. it. Yes. It's not, it is an imperfect thing. I, it, I know that it is, but uh, I just want, I think that I want people to hear. This series for me isn't the aim. People hearing from God in community is the aim. There you go. And so if I, if I have to, you know, teach, figure out a way to teach through the Bible in a year and our church lays hold of loving God's word and loving one another, I'll do it again next year and the year <laughs> after that and the year after that. And I don't know. I don't know if it will work, but I feel like the Lord... Um, mm is leading our church into those two simply love my word, love each other. And, and many things come out of that. And it's, and it's a way for us to do it. It's not the way. I don't think I'm, it's the only, you know, the only way. I, I, I just desperately am wanting people to be hearing from God, uh, to be having experiences with God together, uh, to love God's word, trust God's word, all of these things that people heard you say for 50 years, you know, our heart is very, very similar in that regard. Um, And so, so you made a statement last week, uh, kind of the end of the year
0: message Uh, and, and the statement that you made. And I thought it was a profound statement. my, time as pastor, some people would, uh, describe that as an emphasis upon discipleship, sure. disciple making. Sure. And I, I don't know whether I totally agree with that Agreed. because there were so many yeah. things that we, <laughs> that we emphasize, yeah. but, uh, and then you said, I feel like my defining question has to do with relationships. One's relationship with God and our relationship with each yeah. other.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and I thought that was profound. So,
1: well, the, the guy I was talking to, it was at the seed company thing and, uh, I just haven't had a chance to talk to you about it. I agree it's not exactly what I think your question was. <laughs> uh, but I just thought it was really fascinating that Absolutely. I've been thinking about it that yeah. way and he's a brilliant guy. Uh and and uh you know we've had multiple things that way. But yeah, it's an interesting. He put me on a journey around because his version of what my question is is what is church. Yeah. Because we were grappling with is online church, actually, yeah. and you know that if you think online is church, that takes you down a, a pretty lengthy road, especially now with Metaverse and you know VR and all that kind of yeah. stuff. I mean you can go all in if your theology allows you to. Mm-hmm. Um, my theology allows me to use it without it it being you know th- there's some tension there for. but I, I thought, you know, Lord, I don't I, I think he's close but I don't know that it's a hundred percent there. Yeah. And as I just have watched people struggle to re-engage, and I mean this neutrally, uh, all of us have, have found re-entry to be awkward at some level. Yes. Uh, uh, and it's been so fascinating in my own heart, talking to people that I, people that are relational, right? Th- right. Th- I'm not talking about introverts and, uh, you know, I'm talking about people who desperately need people and just the the struggle now to, with what is this thing yeah. between us and the implications of that for the church are massive. They're huge. You know. And, uh, you know, everybody's saying, you know, it's out of the box now. COVID pushed the online physical world out of the box. You cannot put it back. Uh, people are not ever going to reengage. I was listening to podcasts yesterday; they're never going to reengage like they did pre-COVID, and that is an enormous challenge for the church. Enormous. Um, we we either have to go hook, line, and sinker into online disembodied. I'm being macro here, but or we we have to we have to figure out a way to relevantly revolt. Yeah. Right. Uh, and without being a, a traditionalist and a fuddy duddy. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, so these, I mean, really, really, really fascinating questions. And it's honestly also strategically part of the reason that I want to te- teach the Bible because I can do that to a camera or to a room. Right. And for me, the aim is still you, let's, let's seek God together. Yeah. And in essence, what we're doing here in this podcast
0: is experimenting with ways to invite people into that relationship better. That's right. Yeah. And so it's a tool. Is the church a a methodology or is the church an organism
1: that uses methodology? Exactly. Exactly. And, and exactly. And that, that, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole another podcast. But for me, I I am, I am attempting at some level to honestly experiment with Epidemic proofing our church, yeah. Which is you don't. If if we can give people the book in relationships, right. You know, uh, and you and I talk a lot about this around missions. The irreducible minimum of a church, mm-hmm. at, at at minimum, has to be the book in relationships. Now right. we could go into governance, self sustaining, sure, all sure, sure. that But but if there comes another wave and and we get stripped beneath the studs here in the organization. The thing that has to live, has to has to thrive, is this. Yes, exactly. And, and 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 God's providence, sustaining sovereignty, all of those things, and one of the mediums that He gives us to do that is His Word. Yeah. And and so for me, I'm, I feel like if I don't lead our church to be desperately in love with and see the need for the Bible, yeah. The next time and there's going to be a next time. We can't meet for an extended period of time. We're we're we're, we're in the wind. Yeah, e- exactly. Your introduction
0: this morning, I thought, was particularly profound. You, you said, okay, folks, we're, we're going to study the entire Bible. Right. Okay, <laughs> now let's go to Luke chapter 24. Right. <laughs> and, of course, you took us there because yeah. that's when Jesus was going down to Emmaus with these disciples who didn't recognize him. Yeah. They get there, he reveals himself, right. and it says he taught them all the scriptures yeah. concerning himself. Exactly. And I remember the first time that really dawned on me. I'd been a believer for many years and I'm looking at that going, now wait a minute, let me do the timeline here. Right. He couldn't have had more than say two to four hours. Exactly. And in two to four hours, he took people through all the scriptures, right. which at that time would be right. Old Testament. Right Now, if Jesus could do that at two or four hours, I probably couldn't, you might not be able to, but Certainly maybe we could make it through the Bible of the year.
1: <laughs> well, and it's interesting because, you know, he, he, holds the same bit in the negative with, uh, uh, with the Pharisees. Like if y'all knew your Bible, you would know who I am. Yeah, exactly. And then Philip does it when he takes Isaiah with the eunuch, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, we see this repeatedly, that things we don't think have anything to do with Jesus. And this is a whole nother, but especially kind of our hardcore dispensational frameworks. Um, you know, we lose Jesus in the lines that we draw, and yeah. Jesus comes Jesus loves to mess with our lines. Uh and, and so it's just such a fascinating thing, yeah, for Jesus to, you know, start with Moses and the prophets and be like, There I am, there, 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 there. And it, it seems clear that it made comprehensive sense to them. Yeah. And so I I my hope is to reawaken um the centrality, you know, not to get nerdy here but the Christology of scripture right for our church right. yeah
0: it's not that he necessarily uh, exegeted every word Correct. in the Old Testament Correct. but he gave them the keys that unlocked the that's scriptures right. Right. to see him
1: that's right that's right yeah and, and
0: in fact I would say that's one of the main themes or threads that I heard in your message this morning yeah. uh, for those who have studied theology hermeneutics or how to study the Bible yeah, yeah, yeah. and one of the things that you said that I, I thought was particularly important this morning is about context. Yeah. And the context is not necessarily what we always think about it. But you said, you made a statement, I wrote it down because uh, I, I wanted to remember this. When you study the Bible, begin with how does this apply to them correct. to whom it was written, Yes, correct. not to us. Correct. And, correct. and we reverse that in our culture. We, do. we it's, do. It's all about me. Yeah. So what does this mean for me? Yeah. Well, it does mean something for me. Of course.
1: But we have to understand what it meant for them. Of course, yeah. Unpack that a little bit more. I think that's so important. Well, it's the reason that I harp so much on individualism and tribalism and all these kind of things because we don't, we, we don't think that it affects our view of Scripture or God or the Church, but it profoundly affects our view. Even what you just said—that that apparently I said—start uh, with them. Yeah. Don't start with you. That—that that is a hermeneutical principle that helps you. You know exegete scripture in a in an effective way keeps you out of ditches that you have no business being in the you know scripture doesn't give it give that to you but we still kind of figure out a way to when we force ourselves into the story to begin with and so um yeah i i I think i you know i use today romans 13 because i've been you know i had a lot of conversations about governmental influence and authority and all those kind of things and i it's not that I didn't think about it, read about it, you know, like uh, <clears throat> we, were, we were tried to abide by governmental mandates, you know, right. through this and took a lot of heat for it. Yeah. I read a lot about civil disobedience and, you know, all of these kind of things historically and otherwise. I could not get away from the fact that Paul told the Romans obey what would have been Nero, you know? And and Peter said essentially the same thing, honor the the king. Exactly. Who was Nero. Who was Nero. Yeah. And this guy was one of the most uh, atomic bombs in all of history for the Christian church. Well, for just people in general. For people in general. He was a wicked, evil man. Oh, but it is such a You have to grapple with even the premise that Paul would even remotely tell the church to obey this guy. And the implications of it for us are huge, violent. Yeah, Uh, because, uh, yeah. And, And so to just say, Paul says this, who's Paul writing to? Who's Paul talking about? It's a jaw dropper. So let me ask you
0: another question, and let, let's finally move into Genesis 1. Let's do it, yeah, yeah.
1: And this might be a two-parter. It, it, yeah. it could be.
0: I, I, I really don't know. But uh, you uh, entered into a realm today that I thought was, was very, uh, again, very hermeneutical, very sure. important, that Genesis 1 really does not have... It does not contradict true science. No. But it really has nothing to do with science. No. And in the West, we have made it... All about science. Only, yeah. Are these seven literal days, seven right, ages? Right. Is it is it theistic evolution? Is it uh, divine design? What yeah. you know? And there's so many subcategories of yeah. all of those. Yeah. So, kind of walk us through that, pastor us a little bit this morning. How do we how do we interpret Genesis? And maybe give just kind of a brief review
1: yeah.
0: of your approach to Genesis one and what was Moses saying?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I. Uh... I was simply trying to do what I had asked people to consider hermeneutically, which is, who wrote this, to whom, what is he trying to accomplish, and therefore what is he not trying to accomplish? And saying that in Genesis 1 and verse 1, you get very clearly right away, God saying, I'm going to answer some things, I'm not going to answer other things. In the beginning, God. Philosophically, wait, 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 what do you mean in the beginning, God? Uh, He doesn't address it. He doesn't, he does not engage on some of the levels that from a Western mind, we think that he should. Moses goes into this not quite poem, not quite song, mostly like a prose on steroids, right? Mm -hmm. But it's this repetitive, you know, God said it, it was so, it was good. There's a rhythm to it. It's not a science book. And he's not writing to people grappling with the scientific elements of it. He's writing right. to people who want who are who are had been promised something by somebody that they're being introduced to, right? Uh, a covenant. Is is our God better than their God? Because they look they look legit. They mm. look scary. Their God seem to be, and we're out here, you know, we're nobody. And and so Moses is like, Let me introduce you to your king. Yeah. And he uses words of kingdom. He uses words of prominence and preeminence and all these kinds. Of, and and so he is using the creation story, yes, of course, at a macro level, to say the God of the Bible is the creator of all things. Yeah. That is unavoidable. But he's also calling people to worship and he's calling people to know where they are in the story, which is why it goes into, you know, pretty good lengths, at least at least for some of the big rocks that he doesn't seem to want to roll, but the image of God stuff, the breath of life stuff that, that put us in the story, God's kingdom story, God's creative story, the, the implications of those two things, you're created in the image of God, the spirit of God, it was put inside of you by God. The implications and theological trajectory of that are incredible. I heard somebody say one time, the Bible can never mean
0: something that it did not mean for the people to whom it was written. (laughs) That's right. And sometimes I think when we approach passages like Genesis 1, it's as though now, thousands of years later, we have found the secret decoder ring (laughs) and we are the first people who truly understand what God was really saying. That's right. And uh, Moses, you know, there there were no scientific elements to be dealt with in Moses' day. No. So he's not talking about the material origin of the universe because... Verse two, the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. Right. Okay, there was already material there. Yeah, he brought order and structure. That's right to material. That's right. That's and right. and that's what he does to our lives. He brings order and structure to our lives. It's all in there. It's yeah. all.
1: It's all in there. And I, I I tried to say toward, kind of training uh, our folks hermeneutical eye and ear. We you can believe less than God says in mm-hmm. the Bible, and you can believe more than God says in the Bible, and both are damaging. Yeah. And especially with, again toward that individualism, that tribalism, "We're right, y'all are wrong." A lot of times, we're looking for God to conf- confirm our preferences, and we take it to God's word, and we don't mean to. No, um, it's well intentioned. We're trying to believe the Bible, but we happen to see things that sound like what we already thought, and uh, and we're in such a such an interesting world around creation. There's so much language, so much you know, division, so much this or that or all those kind of things, that it seems simplistic yeah. to say he's not trying to do that. It seems like maybe we're missing out on something. But what Moses is saying is way more powerful than the scientific textbook that we reduce it or, to. Or even the the, the the words themselves. You know,
0: we, we debate yeah. a lot this translation versus that translation. Right, Don't right. take away any words of Scripture. Right. Don't add words. Right. But what I'm hearing you say, is it possible to take away from Scripture and add to Scripture that has nothing to do with translations. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, and I, I mean, I was thinking this. You know, I was kind of chuckling, studying. I could picture you chuckling, just knowing, you know, the the landmine field that I was trying to tip through 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 on this. But I I just was picturing, uh, in the second service, I said, you know, one day we're going to be able to talk to Moses and. I, I'm picturing talking to Moses about all the things <laughs> that we think he meant in Genesis one. Yeah. And him just staring at us blankly. Like, yeah. Like, what are you what? talking <laughs> <laughs> You thought I said what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. us being like, yeah, because you said blah blah and him just being, why would I ever that was, you know, him being lost. Yeah. And I again I just think I, I think when we let the Bible be the just be it, let it be itself it has all the power that it needs. Totally. It, but when we start, we think the power is in the extra, like, like the Bible needs a, an extra shot of something. Right. Right. You know, and, and it does not. Um, and, and we do a disservice to God's spirit, to God's word and to ourselves when we, we act like the Bible needs some training wheels, you know, uh, like, Hey, hey, guy who thinks this and that and whatever about geology and philosophy, yeah, look, I'm happy to talk about it. It just isn't being contradicted here. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. This, is, this is not about that. It's not about that. It's yeah. a different conversation. Uh, and, and the Bible doesn't... God, Genesis 1-1, did not see fit to defend himself. Yeah. That does not mean he needs us to defend him. Right. Right? E- exactly. <laughs> let it be what it is.
0: So you said something else that I wanted I wanted to ask you about. You, you got into this whole issue of man being created in God's image, yeah. and and you made a big deal out of how he did not make man, he shaped man, yeah, yeah. and the contrast in, yeah. in the creation story yeah. when he's bringing order and structure to the material world. And, uh, again, we have so many theological arguments in yeah. the image of God that meant that we have three parts, body, soul, and spirit, just like <laughs> right. father, right. son, Holy spirit, all that type of stuff. And and your point was he made us to image him, right? Talk about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think God, and, and we, uh, we say this, God's plan was always for, you know, the sons of God to inhabit the family of God to reproduce and take dominion over his creation, and for his image to be anywhere you looked. In creation, his glory, Romans 1. In, in that person, that person, that person, his image. It, for his stamp to be everywhere. And for the response to be glad worship, uh, glad community. glad. I mean, it's, I, 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 I tried so hard this week. I, I was writing it's hard for us to even envision how incredible it would have been. Yeah. Um, we're, I, I feel so far away to me. Um, but God, God intended us, them, us to, to live our lives in his presence with each other, mimicking, representing, imaging him so that anybody who came into the world saw him, saw his goodness, saw his glory and responded naturally how you would naturally respond to seeing god in the in the way that he intended and are there other things to it yeah was it a tr- trinitarian manifesto was it probably not uh i think it's just as simple as god saying i just i want my presence my power my glory on display everywhere in my kingdom as i'm creating it theologians call that the imago day yeah
0: uh, does that mean that someone who does not yet know him in some way images him?
1: Oh, I, I, I think so. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and I think that this, some of these, uh, man, we're going to, we could really get, step in it here. But some of these, um, let's call them social, the social elements of politics, I'm afraid that the church has lost Imago Dei theology around some of these things. That's, that's where my question
0: was going. Uh, for example, when Jesus says that we should love our neighbor yeah. as ourself, yeah. he didn't say church member. Correct. He didn't say Facebook friend. Yeah. He didn't say somebody who agrees with me. He right. said our neighbor. Right. right. And uh, are, are we, is,
1: is that in the same vein there? Uh, for me it is. Yeah. And I, and I think again, who Jesus said that to and who their neighbor would have been. Remembering the when Jesus is teaching that to the disciples, they are in the profound minority. So the vast majority of their neighbors were not Jesus loving, you know, God glorifying. They were, they were either pagan Romans or they were, or they were pagan Hebrews. Right? Like this was not some some utopia for 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 Christ worship at the time. And and I think that sometimes. And whole, and they would have been doing as many horrible things as our culture is doing.
0: Well, absolutely. he, yeah. he was also the one that said to go the extra mile, and yeah, uh, which refers in history to a Jew carrying a Roman yeah. soldier's yeah. pack, yeah. more than he needed to.
1: yeah, and even turning though they the despised other cheek, each other. And, yeah, yeah yeah, and yeah. so and again, I, th- this this has nothing it, I mean do not mean this in any political way but wouldn't it wouldn't it just be incredible if we didn't think that some of these social things were political issues that they were theological issues that they were gospel issues and and wouldn't it be incredible if the church was so confoundingly confusing yeah. because we had these this conservative theology but this liberal application that uh that that you know well,
0: it seems like we're coming full circle back yeah. to this different perspective thing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't mean this as a political statement either, but just assuming, okay, I could be sitting here with my, my mega hat on. I, sure. I i could be fighting sure. the, the last election still. Sure, sure. sure. And, and anybody who does that, I respect yeah, your point yeah. of view, which sure. is fine. But even if I'm sitting here in that condition, yeah. I still need to see that in some way Nancy Pelosi has the image of God <laughs> in her.
1: That's exactly right.
0: And, and can respect exactly that. Right. But we've lost that ability to disagree.
1: Well, and with the, respect, And at the minimum, let, let's just let's go the other way with it. If, if the image of God is so deeply marred in MAGA or Pelosi, to use your yeah Trump or yeah, Biden or whoever, shouldn't, yeah. the yeah. shouldn't the response be grief? Shouldn't the response be benevolence and grace. and grace? Yeah, but but it's that that's how you know. The, it's the fruit of a not good belief system because that isn't the response. Right. The, rep- the response is rage. The response is I cancel you, I disenfranchise you. So if that's the attitude of a church or an individual believer, right. I'm hearing you say there's a spiritual problem. I, I think that there is, and I'm not, please hear me, I, it, it's, I'm not saying it's a simple thing. No, uh, and it's,
0: it's not to say that one position is right and the other wrong, yeah. it's the attitude.
1: Yeah, and, and to be, I mean, you know, you and I, uh, I I both care deeply and care not at all about the political thing, right? It's <laughs> a great witness. So it's say like, it, yeah. yeah, man, whatever. Yeah, it. Uh, I re- I really want to be able, if I believe in the Imago Dei, if I believe in Genesis Genesis one from jump, yeah, it has massive implications for my relationships, for culture. Political and otherwise. Yeah. And the church, if we believe the Imago Dei, it should it should dramatically affect our treatment, especially of those and the early church. We're always so fascinated with what you know what made the church early church so. Yeah. This. Right. This is what made them so right. that 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 they weren't picketing abortion clinics. They were adopting kids who were left out in the cold to yeah. you know. Infanticide, right? They, they, like they were known for for not responding. They were known for whenever you tried to put them under the thumb, they just moved and started another. Like all of these things that are so foreign right now, that um. And again, I'm not I, pick it away, right? Like yeah. that's not the point.
0: What you know is, in, in my situation, pasturing in the middle of a civil war, yeah, uh, were quite. Quite yeah. literally, my life is on the line, yeah, yeah. and you can't take sides. Right. And 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 when communism is on one side, which does not allow neutrality as an correct. option, correct? Yeah. Then we had to say, look, we 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 disagree with the status quo. Yeah, yeah. But we, we disagree with the solution on both sides. Yeah. We have another solution. His name is Jesus. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that, that's what I'm hearing you say. That maybe
1: we've come to that in this country. And I I think so. And I I. Um... Yeah, I, I I want I want, the church, but I want this church um, to come to that place. Yeah. And I, I think that the only redemptive, God-glorifying way forward, and I think we have a hard time with the language, so I think your language is, is good. We don't agree with status quo. We don't agree with either of your solutions. We believe there's a third way, and it's a him, not a yeah, what. Exactly. You know? And it all goes back to that relationship issue. It goes back to that relationship issue, but... Wow. Even as we disagree, I'm going to I'm going to treat you with dignity. Yes. Respect. I'm going to value you because of what I believe human being created in God's image, created in the image of my savior. Yeah. And uh, if for no other reason, uh, um, you know, you're you are valuable to him and to me. Well, Pastor Tim, this has been a fascinating and long
0: discussion. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But I'm looking forward to the rest of this year yeah. as we'll have some similar discussions going all the way through the Scripture. Sounds good. So thank you so much, and thank you for joining us. And as always, if you did not hear Pastor Tim's message on the 2nd of January, be sure you go back and
1: check it out. Good stuff. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning into the Graceway Experience. Hope we can talk again sometime.